Hello and welcome to The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week to break down all the things happening in pop culture. And today, I have a special guest joining me straight from the belly of the Bravo Beast. She was a staple on the 14th and 15th seasons of Real Housewives of Orange County and is now living her best life in Tennessee. We have a ton to catch up on, so please welcome to the podcast, Bronwyn Wyndham. Yes, hi. So glad to be here. Greetings to my fellow Nashvillians. I know, I know. We're so happy to have you and happy 4th of July week. You're brave to do this right after a long holiday. What did you get into? Well, first of all, we both know that I was late and kind of forgot. So I was so <laughs> brave or stupid is the right word. Um, but we had so much fun. So we are in Franklin. Mm-hmm. So we went to West Haven on the 3rd and watched the fireworks there and hang, hung out by the lake. And then yesterday, we had an we had really found a great tribe of queer women out here. Um, mm-hmm. And so we had them and their kids over, and we barbecued. And then we went to Hollandale and watched the fireworks. It was it was it was so. I'm I'm wearing my shirt. I'm like I've never felt more American. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I love that. I mean, you know, outside of my dog's anxiety, fireworks are so fun to just like, it does make you feel sort of patriotic to be underneath them and see them falling in the sky. Yeah, there's something too about living here, which I never experienced in California, which is like, there's a sense of showing up as a queer woman Mm -hmm. to like, this is, this is my country. I'm not going to protest today. I'm going to show up because I have earned my seat at the table yeah. um and i did get some fa- like some flashback or flash backslash 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 no <laughs> whatever people are giving me a hard time like how can you celebrate this holiday and it's like right. you know why because this country's for all of us and me just being in the south a, a gay woman raising kids in a conservative southern state like i don't need to protest on instagram my entire life right now is like me showing up Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as you know, a queer person myself, obviously, it's, it's tough sometimes living in a state like this, where your rights are constantly being either judged or potentially taken away, and always like that threat of that. But at the end of the day, Nashville is still a really fun place to live. And there's so much here that like, why not be somewhere where we can actually potentially impact some change instead of being somewhere where it's just a little bit easier. Yeah, like being gay in West Hollywood or Brooklyn isn't a statement. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. (laughs) Me showing up to gymnastics wearing my uh, gender is over shirt, Mm -hmm. that's a moment. (laughs) It is. It is. Yes. That that bravery continues. Well, um, Well, I'm glad that you got to see the fireworks. But speaking of fireworks, you yourself have always been a firecracker, as we learned when you entered our lives into season 14 of Real Housewives of OC. And... Obviously, I mean, at the time, mother of seven, obviously still, uh, you were married to Sean at the time. You came on the show as a friend of Kelly Dodd, which basically outside of two of those three things are completely different for you now, I know. Um, And your life has changed so much since you've been on the show. For fans that maybe haven't been following, give us a little bit of an update on from when we last saw you. Um, okay. Well, first of all, let me just explain. I was brought on as a friend of hers. We met two days before filming. So let's <laughs> like, behind so, the scenes. Yes. 
you know, like, so that's actually, I, we didn't know each other at all. Um, but yeah, I was married to Sean, which legally I still am. Um, and he still lives here. Like, oh, we he's still in live together. Tennessee. No, he's in my house. <laughs> <laughs> in Tennessee. Oh, he's wow. Currently, he's in California helping the older kids um, move for college. But like, so t- legally, we're still married. We're trying to get divorced, but obviously it's not bad. Yeah. we're co-parenting we're nesting like we're still family whatever like um I, my wife lives here we had a commitment ceremony we are the modern family yeah. that being said when you had met me on the show i had just broken a seven-year sobriety stint so i've been having babies procreating nursing and so i hadn't drank in seven years i was like oh i'm fine i wasn't so mm-hmm. a lot of firecracker which is me don't get me wrong i'm like all the time uh, you know wasn't true to who i really am like right i was a disaster i don't watch i've never watched any of the shows i'm on like that wasn't authentic to who i am and so i think you kind of saw the progression i came on as this crazy girl then i get sober then i come out um and over the last three years i got sober here a little over three years ago it's all starting to fall into place. And so while I'm still a firecracker, like I live in the country. Um, as you can tell, like I have no hair or makeup or fake extensions or nails anymore. <laughs> like I'm, it's just a lot more real, a lot more grounding. Um, and I have to say reality TV holds a mirror up to who you are yeah, and, and makes you sort of confront stuff. I had a producer on the show, James, that said, when all this stuff with my sexuality was coming out, like, who are you really? And you have two choices. You own it mm-hmm. or you lie. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to own it. And I don't know if I would have done that without the show. I don't know if I would have stayed sober. So like, how, how am I now? I'm, I'm great. And mm-hmm. I'm real. Yeah. Which is what the show is really supposed to be, right? Like it's called the real housewives. And I think so much, I mean, you just kind of gave away the spoiler alert of like you and Kelly Dodd met two days before and, you know, people are auditioning for this and they put on such a persona and you, and, you know, me saying that you're a firecracker, I think doesn't have anything to do with necessarily sobriety or not, because you still are like this very dynamic personality and, that, oh, and yeah. you're not defined by your sobriety, which I think is so wonderful. I am um, by nature, like a lot of times when I was on the show, people were like, I don't believe your storylines. It's too much. My life has always been too much for a lot of people. Like <laughs> yeah. I just move at a hundred percent. Like that is my speed is I go a hundred and I love it. And my life is always changing since I was young. And I, that's how I am. I am always, go- I love it. I love it. Uh, I don't ever want to settle down. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously my relationship, but like, I don't ever just want to, no, that's silly. Um, I love doing, I'm a human doing, Yeah. but when people say reality shows are real, I, they're not, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that's just not true. Um, you know, you get a call sheet, they tell you where you're going. It, yeah. it, it's highly edited hundreds of hours of footage for 40 minutes. So take what you want. I would never in a million years judge someone based on a TV show they're on. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, to reality TV. And I, I mentioned is like, you know, doing a pop culture podcast 
so much of what we talk about happens on Bravo because so much of what is happening in pop culture is happening on Bravo. And that doesn't happen by accident when you're just following real people and their real stories. And so a lot of that is, you know, I think we all know that there's a peek behind the curtain in some of that, but we hope as viewers, we hope that there's something to hang on to. And I actually always did feel like your story was more authentic the second season when you were struggling more with the sobriety and and even seeing how some of those women were responding to it uh, sometimes negatively or questioning you and your authenticity of it. And I think that was what felt more authentic than probably what you felt coming on. And as you said, sort of like doing all these wild things because you were potentially and had cameras on you for the first time. And it was fun. You know, I've been a stay-at-home mom for a really long time and like having free, I always say filming is like you're in a bubble, Mm -hmm. you know, you have full protection, you can do what you want. That behavior is applauded for lack of a better word, you know? And, but yeah, I had a hard time. A lot of the people I was working with on the show didn't believe a lot of the other cast members that I was actually an alcoholic. I will say, and this meant a lot, Gina reached out to me about a week ago Mm. and and said, sorry. Um, cause she's sober now too. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I really misjudged you. And that meant a lot, you know, just be like, I was wrong. And I think that takes a lot of courage to say like, when you're in that bubble of the show, it's easy to just forget what's real and what's not. Cause a lot of stuff is not real or whatever, right. but that meant a lot. Cause we haven't talked in years. And so for her to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. That was like super cool. Yeah. And I mean, maybe sometimes it takes someone going through like a very real thing like she's gone through. We've followed some of her, you know, issues with her either non-sobriety or sobriety at times and what has kind of transpired for her. And now as she's seeing the other side of it, it's great that she can actually acknowledge you and what you went through. And I think a lot more people are starting to get sober. I think, you know, there's a lot of walls that I broke down. Getting sober, coming out, you're, lot of, you're starting to see a lot more queer women on Bravo mm-hmm. now. Yep. Um, obviously, Miami, you have Julia, uh, the new New York, you have, I'm blanking on her name. She works for Drake Crew. Uh, oh, yeah, Jenna, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Jenna, you know, we have everything that's going on with the Beverly Hills with Kyle right now. And like, you have Selling Sunset, where mm-hmm. G Flip just got married to, oh my God, what is with my Chriselle. brain? Thank you. You know, so I think there was a lot of things that when I did all this at the time, people were like, that's crazy. That doesn't happen. Women don't come out after having children. And now it's starting to be like, oh, wait, that's not true. So I I did it first and people didn't believe it. But now I think once that first door is broken down, it's like, oh, okay, late in life lesbians, that's actually the thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And how did that sort of come up for you because obviously you and Sean have been together for so long. You guys are still sort of doing this modern family world and uh, you know, seven children, as you mentioned, like, uh, did you always know, or was there something that you just truly felt like you were suppressing for so long? No, I always knew. And Sean always knew. Um, Like when I met him, I I hooked up with girls. I've always been attracted to women, but growing up in the eighties and nineties, we didn't have the representation of, I really wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Um, I really wanted that life. And there wasn't, in my world, women doing that. Growing yeah. up in, in Laguna Beach, I didn't see that. Uh, women weren't doing the white picket fence family thing. Uh, a lot has changed in 40 years. 
representation obviously matters. I say that all the time, but you know, now we can see that, yeah, two women can have the children. They can raise a family. I didn't know that. And so I took that part of me that was like, yeah, I'm attracted to women, but I'm definitely not gay because I want to have children and I want that life. Mm-hmm. As I started to grow up, obviously, and I talked about this on the show, we kind of minimized it to like crazy threesomes, mm-hmm. but obviously it was more than that. But like, Crazy threesomes was something that moms in the suburbs could wrap their brains around. Me being gay was a lot harder. Um, Sean and I have had conversations about this uh, over the years. There's times where this has been a big thing. Like, I really want to be in a relationship with a woman. So he wasn't shocked. I never hid this from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we tried to have an open marriage where I dated other women. And I think that worked for us for a while until I realized I wanted, I wanted a life. I want what I have with Jen. You know, I yeah. wanted a wife. Um, but no, this was not sudden. My close friends knew. When I came out to my, my mom, she was like, yeah, that makes more sense. Sean and I hadn't slept in the same bedroom in like 15 years. Wow. Um, we'd still have sex, but we ne- we weren't, we were friends and we still are friends. We're family. He's like my brother, you know, we're family. Yeah. How, um, cause obviously your kids are getting older. You just mentioned they're going to college. Some of them, um, you have seven, so they kind of span all over the place, but, um, how has it, how has your, the, the journey of your sexuality come out to them? I'm assuming that they obviously know your life now. Has there ever been questions that they've had or was it very normal for them? I mean, they're a different generation. They're like, cool. Uh, you know, yeah. Bella's 22. She's engaged. She's going to be getting married soon. Oh. Rowan's 21 and is pan. Jacob is gender fluid. I mean, so like you saw Jacob on the show doing drag. I mean, yeah. this is our family is very open. I Obviously, when your parents separate, that's hard, mm-hmm. um, especially when we are finding our footing of how are we going to live? What, what does this look like? We are fighting a lot. But now that we've settled into it, I, I mean, they love Jen. Bella, my oldest, my 22-year-old, and Jen text or talk 20 times a day. I, oh, I would wow. say Bella and Jen are best friends. Oh. Um, it's just, you know, Sean and Jen, it's just cool. Um, her being a girl, although she's actually non-binary. She, doesn't, she goes by she, her, but she's non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, has never been an issue. Kids are different now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, as you said, like growing up, I, I was the same. I, I ended up coming out when I was 30, um, which, and I came out with my now husband. I was dating him at the time. And, you know, I think a lot of my family and friends were like, oh, yeah, I mean, obviously we knew. But, um, <laughs> but I felt very similarly. I felt like there was certain aspects of like, if I wanted certain things in my life, they weren't, a, they weren't allowed if I chose that other lifestyle. And I think that is so much of like where it is. And it is so interesting. I see, you know, kids and how they're growing up now. And like you said, it's like telling people, oh, like, oh, you know, Uncle Chris is gay. Uh, They're like, oh, cool. Like, right. And like back in the day, it was like, I went through so much like bullying and teasing and so much like hardship through like some really hard times growing up. And I'm yeah. just like, wow, what if, what would it be like to grow up now as a kid? And I, I'm so happy that we're in that place. I love it. I love gender expression is, is so beautiful. And I love that we're making safe spaces. I love it. I love it. You know, um, we were at Franklin pride. We live in Franklin, mm-hmm. we were at Franklin yeah. pride. 
And the young people there, the Wilco Iris group, they're just such cool humans, you know? And I just, it's so wonderful to look at them being authentically themselves and being like, this is it. This is what the world could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and Franklin pride, which almost didn't happen, you know, it's also like so wonderful to just be there and see people showing up for it after, you know, the community in some ways tried to just cancel it this year. And, um, you know, it's just, there is something about being a part of that that does feel like a little bit more important than like you said, being in WeHo and just going to pride. Right. Franklin pride wasn't about getting drunk. Franklin pride was about showing up and showing people you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, so tell me a little about, uh, your, like what led to Tennessee as sort of the landing spot for you and the family. So post of like post separation, my income was shot. I, I, I was like living on one tenth what I had before. <laughs> Jen is from New York. I'm from California. We were like, okay, where can we go where we can still have like a lower cost of living? Although if you're watching this, just so you know, Franklin is not Tennessee's not affordable. No, no <laughs> just it's not. Like, just, you know, just so people know, like it's still very higher cost of living, but not compared to right. New York and LA. So. Yeah. Where can we go where there's great schools? I really wanted great public schools uh, that's queer friendly because Nashville is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to be near civilization. <laughs> I, I needed to be able, as much as I love the two acres that I've had, I want to be able to drive and go out at night. Um, yeah. and I wanted to be close to an airport. And then we're working on a new show right now. And so I wanted to be close to where you could have production companies come low cost. Awesome. So like as silly as that sounds. So we had picked about five different cities that met all of our criteria. And when we came to, when we came to Nashville, I fell in love. I had grown up on the beach my whole life. Mm -hmm. I did not think I could move away from it. When we came here and I was looking at the creeks and the rivers and I was like, this is heaven. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I've never been anywhere more beautiful in my life. Like I love waking up here. I I I can't imagine why anyone would live in anywhere else. This place is phenomenal. Yeah. It I don't know about you, but like my heart just feels so good here. Yeah. Like it's peaceful. It's just I love it here. Yeah. It is it is a very peaceful. I mean, I live um in East Nashville, so very close to like downtown. So it's so less, peace- it's so fun, but it's less peaceful than it was 10 years ago when I moved. But, um, but yes, it is. It, and especially up in Franklin and, and even just going like down main street and it's so charming and, you know, it's, it feels like you're on a movie set and, um, and that's it's very Gilmore girls. <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, I've never, I've never thought of it like that, but yes, it is very Gilmore girls down there. Um, so you mentioned a new show. Is that something you're able to talk about um not like i i mean yeah sort of so we i was working on a show about like dating later in life it's, mm-hmm. i think it's coming out on hulu soon it was called um it's called out with the old okay then i fell madly in love with a woman and they're like yeah this isn't gonna work you're, you're not dating i'm like no i'm not i'm gonna get married and move to the country um <laughs> but the production company I was working with is like, what can we, what can we do? So it's a little bit like, you know, city girls move to the country. Cause that's obviously what we are. Jen and I trying to figure stuff out sometimes like us <laughs> with the hornet's nest was comedy, you know, 
or like even trying to figure out how to mow two acres of grass. Oh, I hope you're not. That's We're, a lot no, of work. We, we tried. We failed. <laughs> we, we, everything. We pretty much failed everything. But like, and had to hire someone. Um, but then there's like the human aspect of you know our best friends are drag queens who were almost canceled, mm -hmm. or talking to your neighbors who are like, oh, you know, you can be gay but be gay this way, or you know, we don't believe in you know, protecting trans kids. Um, and then those real conversations, I've had amazing real connections. Jen and I just did a listening tour through the South. And I've realized that you don't change minds by yelling on Instagram. Yeah, It's the real conversation. So although it's funny because it is like, Jen's from New York and I'm a former housewife, like mm -hmm. watching us try to live this country life is funny. Yeah, But then there's the real aspect of, showing people what being a queer family looks like and mm -hmm. sort of opening people's minds one person at a time. So I'm excited about it because it's something that means something to me. Like my idea, like housewives is aspirational, but buying stuff to me and fighting isn't aspirational anymore. Yeah. Um, human connections, family, friendships, community. That's to me where, where it's at. Yeah. You mentioned uh, that you didn't watch uh, the seasons that you were on. Is that something that you watch now postscript or are you, you're far away from it? Because I, I do feel like there was a point and I'm interested in your take on this because you were obviously in this world, but I felt like something happened in the pandemic where we like, you know, obviously no one knew what to do but these shows had to continue. And I feel like OC was one of the ones that ended up having to film during COVID. Yeah. And you guys had all these protocols and some of the storylines felt really weird and forced because it was like you, certain people could only be in the same room and you guys had to sit outside for everything. And it, it felt so produced in that way that I think it also sort of fell flat for viewers, which is why then sure. they did like a, a cash shakeup and they did all of these things. Yes and no, I have a different take on it. I think, yes, obviously it's hard doing a confessional in your garage by yourself when yeah. you had to set it up yourself because they couldn't come in. Right. And I didn't have air conditioning in my garage. So yeah, that, <laughs> that was tough. Um, having to do your, your own hair and makeup. Although most of us lied and said we didn't, we actually had a makeup artist over, but like, um, whatever, kill me. Uh, but like, it was weird, but I think that wasn't it. I think it was the same thing that happened in all the shows. It wasn't the pandemic. It was what started happening with Trump and Black Lives Matter. Yeah. People were really starting to say, are you for human rights or are you not? Do mm -hmm. you want to buy a Chanel bag or do you want to show up? And I think it really made a difference. Anyone and anyone that showed up that was let go mm -hmm. because Bravo at the end of the day is a company and the majority of their viewers are middle-aged white women right. and they didn't want to be called out on their privilege. They wouldn't, didn't want to be called out on their ingrained racism. So if you were a cast member like me or Leah or Ebony, you mm -hmm. were let go because they don't want women that are actually trying to change the world. They want women that are placating other women that are complacent in it. Yep. And that was really the gist of it. Here I am showing up, getting shot at by the National Guard in Huntington Beach. Um, and other people are laughing about toilet paper. And it's like, how can these women work together? Like, yeah. I realized that I didn't care about the things I cared about beforehand. My, I, I was that complacent white woman mm -hmm. before the pandemic. 
these things didn't matter to me. And you, you had people that doubled down on it and people that ro rose to the occasion. Sadly, Bravo viewers don't want people that rise up. You yeah. don't want to sit at home and feel bad about yourself. You want to sit at home and laugh and feel good about yourself. Yeah. I mean, we did see also, I feel like, and I agree with you in that. And I think the, and I think that's really unfortunate, especially at such a pivotal time and in, in America and what, what pop culture was, what could, what pop culture could have done with the platform. But I did, you know, obviously Kelly Dodd lost her orange as well for, I mean, probably too late because she had already said so many things. Ramona was another one where it just, it, it also started to fall flat. So I feel like maybe it was just those people that rode the middle of the fence that yeah. sort of survived. Although you'll see Ramona's coming back on girls trip. Um, yeah. Other people that were sort of racist are starting to be asked back. Kelly Dodd never will be. It's not because of her problematic views. It's because she went after the network. Never mm -hmm. do that. Um, at the end of the day, Bravo is escapism television. You don't tune in to have what's going on in the country that you deal with every day in your real life. Yeah. You tune in for fun stuff. I get that now. And I understand writing that way for lack of a better word, but like, that's not who I haven't written anything. I take the hard path no matter what. And I'm so ungrateful because it really propelled me into what I'm passionate about. You know, I do a lot of work in the queer advocacy group. I work a lot with this glad and peace flag. So for me, it, it was the best case scenario. Um, and I was asked to come back in a friend role that next year because Noella and Jen were both friends of mine. Mm. But I knew it would be such a bad decision. I wasn't in a good headspace. My divorce, I was divorcing Sean. It was a shit show. Um, my daughter had some mental health issues. Like I knew coming back would only be bad for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think fame is like a drug. No, I don't think that. I know that. Fame yeah. is like a drug. Uh, and it's hard to put it down. You want that next hit. Luckily, I work a program where I could take myself out of it and go, okay, this is hard, but what is best for me? Yeah. And you see it with other housewives that have been let go. They just want to come back so badly. They just yeah. want to stay in that world. And I get it because it is addictive, but it's not healthy. Luckily, I was able to go, what's best for me right yeah. now in my mental health? So is there, there's no world in which you would go back to that sort of format? I mean, I would definitely do like Watch What Happens Live to promote my book or my show. You know, I have no ill will against Bravo. I think they're yeah. great. I think when we hold them accountable for like, oh, why didn't you do more? We're just being silly. Because Bravo is just a window to the country. If you want Bravo to show up, fix the country. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's it. That's it. Um, and I've never done that. I think Bravo is a great network. Um, you know, they're good content. They do what they can. Um, that being said, I would never put myself in the toxic situations because I, I'm not that person. I care too much. Like mm -hmm. I, I care about yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, like Andy Cohen has been in the hot seat, I think a lot over some of the real controversial housewives and like, why do we, why does Bravo continue to allow these people or give these people a platform to spread hate or to spread whatever, you know, archaic viewpoint that they may have. And, you know, he always kind of goes to his canned response of, well, it, that's part of America. That is what America is. So sometimes people yeah. want to see themselves and you need a villain on a show. And so, you know, he's talked about Kelly Dodd a lot in that sort of seat of like Kelly Dodd was 
uh, a good housewife because she was controversial and because she said horrible things that like some people related to, but also it gave everyone someone on the show to sort of hate. And, yeah. um, and that, that just feels super strange. So, um, so ultimate girls trip would be out for Bronwyn. No, no chance that you're no. going on a trip. I mean, let's be honest. I would be so boring now on it too. I don't drink. <laughs> like I, I'm not going to fight with people. Like I really, I really don't care. Like let's yeah. be honest, whatever you've done. I'm like, that's great. Are you happy? Like I, I just don't have that. I'm not going to come at someone anymore. <laughs> Right. Okay. I haven't watched any of them, but I know they fight about the stupidest stuff, but it's like, okay, I, yeah. I can't. Now, if they change the format and everyone got along and had pajama parties and read, you know, <laughs> listened to Eckhart Tolle, I'd be like, yes, this is amazing. Um, I'm just not that, per- and I'm not, I never was. I never yeah. was. Wait, I take that back though. They did like a lesbian ultimate girl trip. <laughs> Where I got to hang out with, I could bring Jen and everyone else's partners. That I would be down for because it would be so super yeah. fun. So if yeah. you get all the gay ones and their partners, I'll be there at that. <laughs> okay, great. Well, if Bravo's <laughs> listening, you you know yeah. what to do. That would be super fun for representation. I would love to see a bunch of like queer women hanging out because it's such a different different dynamic that like America's never really seen. Yeah. Just how cool and badass it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and uh, you know, what I was kind of a feeling about OC is there was so much problematic viewpoints coming from some of the cities. And I felt like OC was one of them where it was hard to watch as someone that, you know, wanted to use it as escapism. You started to really go like, I don't know if I'm aligning with this cast. Right. And what I have liked is this, this current season is a bit of a return to form in the fact that like, there is actual like clips of, you know, Gina with her kids and, and the dynamic between her ex and them getting the kids getting braces and like doing stuff. And it's like, that's what housewives originally was. Yeah. Like, it was things where it was women that came together and a lot of them were just friends and they did things and it was sort of extravagant or whatever. And that's what made it, you know, maybe fun. But then somehow it it changed to what are we we're watching all the only reason we're watching is to see women fight and so you're yeah. showing up at a lunch and then everyone's fighting and then they all go home and get ready to go to a dinner where they're also fighting and you know it's starting to become this like crazy thing where I'm so I'm glad to see that Bravo sort of taking these women back at least to a little bit of fun there's of course going to be the dramatic aspects of you know what happened between Tamara and, and Shannon behind the scenes that we have to like play out but at the end of the day I actually enjoy some of the like lighthearted stuff that I think we are missing from the show yeah yeah and, think, and that's that's good yeah we, and I had I uh, had a guest on we were talking about ultimate girls trip especially this last season it was so dark because everyone had just come off of filming their seasons and then went to uh Thailand, except for Leah, she had been off the show, but they all were bringing so much drama from the shows and it just sort of, it it was just dark. And the one thing that we were saying is, you know, we want to watch the ultimate girls trip because we want to see girls on vacation. And when you're on vacation, you're having fun and like, you know, sure. Maybe like someone says something, you know, in the heat of the moment, but you want them to ultimately like do fun things and like do photo shoots on the beach or, you know, go ride elephants or go ride camels and have Luann almost fall off. Like those are some of the, like, you know, the fun moments of real housewives that I feel like we, we it's the Bethany Sonia dynamic. It's just, 
That's what I used to watch for. Yeah. I don't really watch most of them anymore. I don't find them enjoyable, but like Bethany and Sonia, the laughing and that, that was awesome. Yeah. You felt like yeah. you were hanging out with your girlfriends in a fish room. Yeah. No, I'm very excited for the Luann and Sonia uh, reality show that they're they're putting on. I think it debuts either this week or next. And it's like basically the simple life. Uh, Luann and Sonia going to like yeah. Oklahoma or Crappy Lake is what it's called. Um, and I feel like that is, I hope that that sort of I'm, shifts the I'm format. hoping they don't minimize the South. That's my only hope. Because I think a lot of times when you're from New York or L.A., you have these pre I did these preconceived notions of what living in the South is almost as if it's beneath you mm-hmm. and you infantize it and that. So I really hope they're doing justice to the fact that not everyone wants to live in a big city yeah. and that like, there's a lot of amazing, really intelligent people that live in towns that are smaller. Yeah. I'm like, please don't go for the, like, please don't go for like the easy, simple life thing. Like yeah. everyone in the South is a hit. Cause yeah. Yeah. It's no, not I, true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, you mentioned it earlier. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on a couple of like Bravo headlines that even though you don't watch, I'm sure you have okay. some kind of thought. I'm calling the segment That's My Opinion in Ode okay. to Tamra. Um, so want your opinion on, obviously from this last weekend, the Kyle and Mauricio breaking news. What's your sort of thoughts there? I think that when I read it, everyone's like, that's so sad. I'm so horrible. That's so sad. But I think we need to change the narrative around couples separating. They're not divorcing. They're separating. They've been together a long time. Just because that happens doesn't mean it's bad. You're just pivoting. Relationships change. Look at Sean and I. We're still Mm -hmm. together. We're still happier. Our family's still intact. So instead of saying, that's awful. That's so sad. Be like, okay, great. I hope they both find what they need. As far as the rumors, um, obviously I'm not going to address that because it's none of my business. Yeah. I hope they're true. <laughs> because I truly believe that everyone, every woman should be with a woman at this point in my life because it's so much better. Well, everyone comes out later in life because yeah. it's just, you're, if you don't, you're missing out. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. The rest of that, like, do I have opinions? And if I think it's true or not, of course. But, you know, I really just hope that they're happy. And I wish that everyone would be like, okay, that's great. I'm glad they're staying together as a family. I'm glad they're getting along. That's awesome. The next phase of their life is going to be whatever they make of it. Separation is not bad. It's just a change. Yeah. And I think people got that lost a little bit. Like, people released the news and broke the news that they were separated. And then they released a joint statement saying, you know, whatever you've heard, we're not getting divorced. And so everybody's like saying, well, why did people do this? Now they're getting confused. And I'm like, there's a difference between separation and divorce. And keep in mind, People Magazine and Dave Quinn would never run anything without permission from Kyle and Bravo. Yep. We know Dave Quinn, he wrote that, wrote the Housewives book. Like he, they're all, they're in the same family. So that was a very much planned approved story that's the truth now keep in mind separation and divorce not the same thing i've been separated for two years and still not divorced and divorce is huge it's assets it's legal it's business it's you you don't have to get divorced to be separated and whatever so those are very different things yeah. And I think that's lost on some people and that there could be, you know, whether or not like the the Morgan Wade rumors are true or not, I think it doesn't matter what 
their current status. We and, are doing a girls trip to Chattanooga to see her play in September. You want to come? Oh, I love Chattanooga. It's one of my favorite. I, I love, I've been following Morgan Wade for a while because she's sober. She's in country music. Like, I, I love her. So for me, I'm just like, please let all of my dreams come true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe by that point, maybe we will know something. I'm hoping that they play all this plays out on the show because I'm worried a little bit for Kyle that they potentially kept all of this stuff under wraps. Filming was starting to come to a wrap and now it's all coming out. And I worry that they may be, you know, putting on for the cameras. I think the reason it all came out was because that face reality 16 that did the deep dive. Yeah. Um, I don't think they would have ever addressed the rumors except it was like so much. Yeah, there was so many. So yeah, so I think the the other sort of go moving on with our Bravo edition of that's my opinion. Uh, obviously, want to get your thoughts on Scandaval. What? Where did you sort of stand with all of that? Okay, so Jen is in the room with me, and she wanted to kill me because I would kept trying to talk to her and be like, and then this happened, and this, and then there's lightning necklaces, and her friend died, and she's like, I don't. Hair. So then we go to her tattoo artist, this big burly guy, and then he's like, "Oh my god, it's so fascinating." And her hairdresser. I'm like, "Everyone cares about you." No, yeah. I mean, two two things. One, it was fascinating television because they were lying on camera and going back. It was all filmed. Like that was great television. The fact that the cast members are so close. The fact that they rallied around Ariana. Amazing. Share glow up. I love what's happening. Yeah. The other hand, I'm like, can we please take the the passion we have for this to like fight for equality? Because if the Bravo universe came together the same way they did against Rachel um, and Tom, we could like rule the world. Change the world. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah, mean, like truly. That's, that's it. Like if the Bravo community could come together on something really important, could you imagine the things that would happen? So yeah. Yeah, I, those are my two takeaways from it. But yeah. no, I, I loved it. I was, I, I, I was invested. Yeah, yeah. The the lightning bolt and all of that stuff, and and that's where I kind of am like, I wonder if this is what's happening with the Kyle stuff because you know, obviously Morgan and her have matching tattoos, and there's clips of Kyle like back on the reunion a while ago talking about some tattoos that she got, and she talks about the heart one and says, "Oh, it means something special," but she didn't really talk about what it meant. And then it was also for me the clip about Morgan's ex girlfriend talking yeah. about the show and who was there, and I was like, "We actually, you know, what? I can't." So I had a bunch of gay women here for Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. We all went through the deep dive, and I will say we all had a consist- consensus in what we believed. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel the same. I feel like the world does. I feel like the world does. It's very similar to Team Ariana. I'll just say, like there was there yeah. was one sort of side to all of that. Um, so thoughts on uh, on New Jersey? Obviously, for eleven years we've been watching Teresa and Melissa have this massive family feud. Do you have any thoughts on Team Melissa versus Team Teresa, or how does the show move forward now that they seem to be at an impasse? I mean, I. I, I love Margaret. You know, she's one of the coolest people I've ever met. So I'm always seeing Margaret. Uh, <laughs> she's like a good human um, in real life. I, I don't, I feel bad for their kids. That's it. You know, those are yeah. cousins. That's family. That's not show. It's sad that the egos in the show ruined a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a feeling they're all coming back next year. I just, 
that would be my guess. How you get around that, I don't know. But like, yeah. personally, I want to see the news stories. I love Rachel Fuda. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's her name, Jen? Danielle. Oh, Jen Fessler. Uh, yeah, Danielle, whatever. I, I, she reminds me of an Orange County housewife. Um, <laughs> and she, she had some problematic tweets that I didn't approve, yes. like, whatever. I, if you don't think Black Lives Matter, then I'm, I'm not really for you. Yeah. But, you, you know, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, but, like, Rachel Fuda, I love her. I love her husband. I love how he changed his life around and all of that. Like, he took, you know, as a, yeah, I love her. I love Jim Fessler. I think that's the direction the show needs to go. It's sort of like how Orange County pivoted and gotten real. I focus on them. Focus on the real stories because, like, yeah. we get it. You don't like each other. You both want to be the star of a show that at the end of the day doesn't mean anything. What actually matters is your kids. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, um, that is definitely. Teresa's new husband is super creepy. Like he's super creepy. Yeah. He's not doing himself any favors. And that's red flags. Like, okay. The the dude's creepy. Yeah. There's, there is something a little off. We gotta, we gotta see, I guess what will happen. I hope, I hope everything's okay. Hopefully you figure it out. Listen to Margaret. She's a good person. With Margaret knew my ex-girlfriend was super bad for me way before I did. She took me aside and was like, "Oh no, honey. Oh no." It took me not. It took me a year to figure out what Margaret knew in one minute. So wow. I will say, listen to Margaret. <laughs> okay. Well, there's the answer. Um, what about the uh, Real Housewives of New York? They're about to launch their new rebooted. Uh, show do you feel like that was a good a smart decision and then obviously we're doing the legacy ultimate girls trip do you feel like that was a smart decision legacy is going to be amazing we love those women we've grown up with them they're funny they're irreverent we don't like they just have fun i think the new one is going to be um like watching instagram oh interesting yeah it's it is very interesting. I, you know, I was, I was excited for Jenna Lyons. Um, and then I saw that she was like watching old episodes and she was like posting about how she was like doing her homework to prepare. And I was like, well, that doesn't feel real at all. Like, why are you doing, taking notes and doing homework about old episodes and how you need to show up to like argue and fight and like what your, what your character is going to be. That feels inauthentic. Yeah. And I know some of them. Um, I, I don't, yeah, it'll be fine. I, you know what? The clothes are going to be amazing. Yes. And they're, it's going to be really well styled. Their apartments are going to be impeccable. Their shoes will be on brand. It'll be like that Dubai fabulous with the clothing. So yeah. it'll, it'll be like watching Instagram. I, I, you know, Instagram's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Girl messy. Then- <laughs> 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 yes. Absolutely. Well, and, and speaking of girl trip, that's my last one for you. Do you have sort of like who you think should be on the next ultimate girls trip? Who would you put together in the housewives universe? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, like for real, we need to get Ariana on there. We need to get some of the summer house girls. Like, yeah. I, no offense. Housewives are typically, we're like older. Like, I don't know. I feel like we're boring and played out. No offense. Like, Let's get those summer house people on there. Let's yeah. get some Southern charm in there. Let's get pump rules in there. Like yeah. that would be phenomenal. Yeah. I've heard that a lot. And I actually, I think Andy has actually said like, he's pretty sure that will happen at some point. Yeah. Like I'm housewives, in my opinion, whatever housewives are just same thing, different show. 
Like, it's just the same thing over and over and over. And like, I don't even have to watch it to know what's going on. Yeah. I get it. It's a formula. The younger shows are more fun. They have better demographics. The ratings are higher. Like, we, Housewives are aging out. Yeah. We're, we're old. We're middle-aged women now. So I would go that route. But it's I would fun. like to see more middle-aged women on TV, too, because I feel like there's not a place for yes, them all the time. And I would but like there is, it. but it's not getting drunk and fighting in bikinis. There True. is definitely a place for us. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we need to rebrand, that as you grow up, you change. I want to be in bed at 10 and up at 6 in the morning drinking coffee. I don't want to be drunk at a bar. That is normal. I think you're forcing women to sort of be inauthentic to who we are in your 40s. You get much more in tune with yourself. It's like a lot of the religions, you can't even study them as a woman to a certain age. There's a reason for that. There's a growth. And we need to honor that in the shows we put out about women of a certain age. We're not catfighting anymore. We're having deep, yeah. meaningful conversations yeah. that are real and honest. That is a different show. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my fear on this Roni reboot is, you know, one of the things I loved about the first, you know, first seasons, Bethany days, Jill days of Roni was that it felt like middle-aged women. And I know Bethany was very young, but, you know, living a fabulous life in New York, but I felt like with real issues. And so I feel like we're, we're getting to the, I think the new, the new one is going to be, we're going to try to keep our, our lives are perfect. We're going to have issues, but they're going to be very, you know, it's like when people have perfect lives on Instagram, we're like, oh, I'm struggling with this. But they do it in a way where it's like humanizing them, but not actually the ugly. I do it too. I'm not saying like I'm immune to this. I'll take my hard day and make it look better than the ugliness. And I think that's what we're going to miss out. Um, I think though that that's definitely going to be missing, but that's just the changing times. You know, when all of these shows started, we didn't have Instagram. We didn't yeah. know. We didn't have followers. We didn't have paid gigs. We didn't have people commenting on every single thing we did on Twitter. Yeah. It, you know, um, and I think when you're new to it, like the new housewives, it's hard. You're going to, you're going to change your behavior based on what people are saying about you. Mm -hmm. um, and the only thing that I've often, I, Dave Quinn told me this, the only thing that's more detrimental than people saying mean things is people saying good things because oh. you believe you believe the stuff. So that's harder to get in this day and age, but yeah. we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> Do you feel like that was true for you from your first season to your second? Yeah. Do, and did oh, that sure. have to do, did that play any part of your sobriety? Uh, my sobriety was, I couldn't handle, I couldn't hide it anymore. I couldn't hide the drinking. This was my third time getting sober and it went like this. Um, my lives weren't working. I was drunk yeah. all the time and I knew the cameras were about to start up in a week and I couldn't hide it anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you know, continue to share your story because I do think that, like I said earlier, I think that it was authentic in that, you know, second season when you actually were sharing some things that were, that you were struggling with and that were real to you. And that first season, you know, I know you, you said the firecracker thing and, um, but I don't think that that defined you. And I think so many people got to see you really going through real things in that second season in a way that, as we've kind of talked about, Bravo doesn't always show. And whether or not that's why they don't show it now um, and why you you departed the show, it's uh, it it's just this kind of like wonderful thing that you continue to sort of stand for what you believe in. And you're not, as you just, as you just mentioned, you know, with, 
Twitter and hearing good things is like, you're not conforming based on like what followers are telling you to do. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that we need to start remembering is that we don't judge people in shows, let people be who they are. We make mistakes. We learn from them. We grow, we change. Um, and have the same grace for people you watch on these shows as you would your friend or your mom or your sister. Like, yeah. I, I think a lot of times people forget we're real people. Yeah. You yeah. know? that we have bad days and whatever. Just remember everyone you see on these shows, everyone's real. Yeah. Well, and I saw even, I saw that you posted this morning, you know, people calling out like your sobriety potentially because you had a party at your house for the holiday. And just because you invited people that were maybe not sober to your party, that doesn't necessarily make you or define you in any kind of different way than what you claim to be. Yeah. I, I feel like even now people still think I'm faking it. It's like, it's been three and a half years, you know, I, and I live with a woman. Like the, these are not, I didn't make these up, but um, there will always be a part of you that has to like prove that you're telling the truth. And that's sad. Yeah. But luckily I have a really good ability to block people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And if you look at my follower count, it just keeps going down and down. So it's like, not today, not today. Come with yeah. love or don't come at all. Yeah. And I don't know why people choose that. I don't know why it's like you're seeking out someone to just go troll and say horrible things to. Have you ever in your life gone onto a stranger's Facebook and said the name I, or Instagram or, or whatever? I never have. Like it would never occur to me to go onto a site of someone I didn't know and say something mean. So always remember that, that like you're not okay if you're doing that because normal yeah. people don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'll, I'll admit it because I've said it on the podcast before. I have been known to tweet my opinions about various shows um, and I might be blocked by a couple of people. Uh, <laughs> and, and mostly uh, it's Lisa Rinna because I may have, I may have compared her to one of our ex-presidents um, when she was gaslighting Denise for the lesbian rumors with Brandy and I felt like she wasn't letting her speak. And I compared it to Donald Trump at a, at the presidential debate and uh, she didn't like it. So I am one of yeah, those people. I don't think blocked. anyone would want to be compared to him ever. Yeah. I would block you for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, rightfully so like I, you know, uh -huh. my, my feelings about Rinna like are don't change. Um, I think that the way that they treated Denise when she had that uh, was was wrong. And that is why I'm very interested in what's going to happen with Kyle this next season, because Kyle was part it's of It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I think enough women have gone through the fire for people to understand that this is real, that being a late in life lesbian or whatever, not that she is, I'm not outing anyone. I don't know anything. Yeah. Um, but I think as we move forward in society, it's becoming more and more common and more people understand it. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's, I, I do believe that there will be a lot more grace for not just not for, for any woman coming out later in life, there's going to start being more and more grace. Yeah. And being, you know, interested in a woman doesn't always mean lesbian either. It, just no. being queer and loving people and having good energy and feeling an energy pull to someone, you know, all of those things are acceptable. And yeah. I hope that in the housewives world and in the Bravo universe, we continue to allow them to be because you know, you were one of the very first that really kind of paved the way for that, which maybe rocked the boat, but 
you know, it is now we're actually seeing lesbian housewives and, and Taylor uh, just came out on the last episode of OC as bisexual and, you know, and said, Oh, that's something that even her late husband like always knew. And, but we never yeah. did as viewers for so long when she was, you know, on. Uh, it it wasn't Hope. okay back then when she was on the show, it wasn't okay, acceptable yeah. or understood. And now right. it is. And that's just baby steps. Yep. Keep showing up, keeps, you know, keep talking. Eventually, yep. you know, there's housewives with children that are part of the community. There's housewives that are just keep the conversations going. This is how yep. you get into middle America. This is how you get people to understand things. This is the stuff that matters. Yeah. And I know that you're really involved in a lot of activism and talking about both sobriety and the LGBTQ plus uh, community. Um, you know, if you could tell any of our listeners how they can get better educated or informed, where would you kind of sh uh, point them? Well, first, turn off Fox News. That's my first piece of advice. If you're watching <laughs> it, turn it off. Um, I don't think any of my listeners are, but just in case. <laughs> Number one. Um, I think one of the best things you can do in this day and age is fill your Instagram feed with people that inspire you. Uh, find the LGBTQIA plus content creators that are teaching you. Find, mm -hmm. you know, um, people of color that you can learn from. Find queer activists. Find people fighting for change. I have some of my favorites. Um, but fill your feed with things that make you a better person. I had to do a lot of soul searching, especially when mm -hmm. it came to, you know, my, my whiteness and mm -hmm. how I benefit from it. It's not easy. You're not right. It's okay to be like, wow, that's not true. I was wrong. Um, so I think that's for me has been the biggest part. One, filling my feet up with people that I can learn from, understanding where I'm wrong, because I'm wrong a lot. And I can mm -hmm. acknowledging that. Um, obviously, I love GLAD. I do. I love PFLAG. Um, Matt, it's like Matt, not ix or something which <laughs> might be a roman numeral yep. um rachel argyle uh deconstructing karen i mean these are all just really incredible things that make you think and give you a broader perspective so keep doing that yeah and it's okay to mess up sometimes and we oh all the time we all the time. Are... it's okay to mess up all the time um that's how we grow that's how yep. we grow Absolutely. Well, like I said, it's been a pleasure to chat with you and you, and I appreciate all of your time. Like I said, after a holiday weekend, giving me all of this time and, and using Jen's office. Um, yeah. Thanks Jen. <laughs> thanks Jen. Um, but tell folks where they can follow you and keep up with all the work that you're doing. Um, mainly on Instagram. I've given up on all the other ones. I'm too old to care anymore, but yeah, follow me on Instagram, Bronwyn Windenberg. Um, look out for the new show probably six months from now. Okay. But yeah. I don't and know you said on Hulu? Uh, no, I don't know where it's being picked up yet. Oh, okay. Um, that, but, um, or just, you know, if you see me wandering around Nashville, come say hi. Yeah, <laughs> we, we will do that for sure. Um, well, thank you again for, for being here. Um, such an honor. And again, welcome to Tennessee because I love having another ally and another queer person to sort of continue to fight the good fight with. Um, we for... will be out at play this weekend if you're around. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, I'm sure lots of bachelorettes will be there. Very happy to see uh-huh. you too. Um, well, thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate and subscribe so that you never miss an episode of The Gist. You can follow me at CM Vetrano. I'm on Twitter, sometimes Instagram, TikTok, and of course, tune in next week for more from The Gist. Uh, Bronwyn, thank you again. So good to see you and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.